Guess what time it is? It's time for the odd pod. It's right. Nailed it. <laughs> it's the odd pod. This is season two of the odd pod. We're going to talk pizza, sports, and beer just like always. This week, Mike talks with Jim Smiley and Ian Croxall of Sandy Ann Brewery and Jason Conrad, owner of the Salem Capitals. This is the Odd Pod. So, welcome to the podcast. I got three gentlemen in here that I'll introduce. We have Jim Smiley, who is from Sandy Ann Brewing Company. Hello. And then we have Ian, and I don't know your last name is Ian. My last name is Croxall. Croxall. I should know that. It's I've a, seen it's it a enough. a little village in North Leicestershire in England. Nice. That's where my ancestors are from. Okay. <laughs> and I then, I, you know what? I'm one minute into the podcast. I'm being scolded by Bentley already. <laughs> Don't pound the table. Um, and then we have Jason, Conrad. last name of? Conrad. Conrad. Yeah. All right. And he's from the Salem Capital Basketball team. Absolutely. He's, um, you can't see it, but he's, very, he's not as tall as you'd think he would be. Owning a basketball club, you know. I, I, no. If I recall, his tagline is everyone's favorite seven footer. So yeah, it works. Yeah, yeah. Now, that's your I'm, tagline. People don't even know my name, to be honest. Hey, that's that's the seven footer. <laughs> I yeah, I'll walk around town, and that's what I'll hear. Everybody's favorite seven footer. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, you I know, I'm kind of in. A, I'm in the exact opposite end of that scale class. <laughs> I'm be, I'm everybody's five footer. <laughs> so. I think it's kind of funny. I mean, if it makes you feel better. I usually tell people I'm five foot twenty four just, <laughs> just to make them feel better and make them think a little bit. So, God, you're like twenty inches taller than I am. Oh my God, God! Now I have an actual number for that. That's crazy. Because people always ask me, like, "Oh, is he tall?" I'm like, "Oh, now I can say he's actually twenty inches taller than me." But Put it in perspective, know, that's, that's kind of funny. So, well, like I said before we got started, I really have no rhyme or reason. Things get bad. I just add some character to it. But um, we just uh, kind of ask in general what's going on. What's going on with the basketball club? We got the – it's coming up quick. Yeah, it's coming up. We actually just got done with our open tryouts. We'll have one more closed tryout, um, get 25 guys for training camp, and then whittle, whittle it back down to 12. So it'll be a uh, – So what do you start with? We start with 25. I mean, like when you get the first people to come in and do open tryouts. Oh yeah. What do you What do you work from from a pool of people first? Um, like how many did you get this year? Oh, we had over a hundred guys come and try out. Um, and it's interesting because you'll get the guys that are pretty sure they're not going to make it, but they just want to have the opportunity to say, "Hey, here's something I did." Like and guys then, like me, they come in and they're five foot four. Well, no, because I'm pretty honest pounds. with guys. So if I know they have zero chance at all, I'll let them know ahead of time and reimburse them. So if you walked in, I'd probably reimburse you right. Oh, away. I got an email. But, <laughs> <laughs> I I didn't even have to go in. I got an email, Mike. Don't, yeah. don't, don't, um, just don't do it. But I mean, then you just never know. There's some diamonds in the rough, and we get some guys that you know you look at them and they don't look like basketball players, and then they come out and do their thing, and so we're pleasantly surprised with this and we had guys fly from florida from new york from st louis we had guys from all over the united states come try out which was pretty cool is it is it mostly like um you know uh former college players that kind of thing um, we get everything we'll, we'll get ex-nba guys we'll get college ex-college players we'll get guys that never went to college i mean it's just people looking this league is very much so like a you know trying to get your foot in the door to get into that overseas circuit or guys that got injured and just need a second chance guys that got overlooked. Um, so this league is definitely a, um, you know, 
find uh, who the cream of the crop is and they get to go on do bigger and better things. Nice. So were you, um, you also have a chance you guys go back east and you guys go through like, a, what do they call it? The uh, combine. Yeah. So I actually leave in February and then we go to the combine. Every single team will have representatives there. There's 56 teams across the country right now in the TBL. So all of the team owners and coaches will show up and then we go through a bunch of meetings and then we have over, I think there's gonna be over a thousand guys this time uh and then we do a live draft so we each we just go through two rounds and we each get a draft pick and i'm hoping that i find the pieces i need here in salem and i can trade my draft picks for cash or other options so oh yeah so you can actually just opt out of it and just say hey if you want my my third my first round second pick it depends if you know if it's a desirable pick but yeah. yeah yeah so it's it's a interesting uh Combine. So do you weigh it like that? I feel like I got a pretty good guard in that position, but I do need a new engine on my Ford Bronco. Well, that's, yeah. I mean, and, that's uh, the hard part. We have so, I mean, this, I will say it's going to be very difficult for our coach this season to whittle it down because I'm pretty sure there's going to be guys that were on the team last season that might not make the cut this season. And we have everyone from last year trying to come back. So if you played on the team last season, you get an automatic invite to training camp, but that doesn't guarantee you're going to make the final roster. Wow. Yeah, so it's pretty cutthroat. It's going to get intense then because, oh, like you say, you got relationships that have been built. Yep. But at the end of the day, it's a business. So I need to make sure, you know, I told my coach, it's like the first two years we were building, being part of the community, and now we have all of that in place. And now I want to make sure that we have an opportunity to bring some hardware home this season. Nice. Yeah, so it's going to be uh... – So how many teams are directly in your division? So we actually just split. We used to be from Seattle all the way down to San Diego and just had a West region and it was super spread out and travel was a lot. So now we actually have a Pacific Northwest region and we have us. There's a team in Eugene that's brand new this season, Uh, Vancouver, Seattle, Wenatchee, and then there's a new team in Great Falls, Montana that will be grouped in with the Pacific Northwest region. God, you just named like most of the places I've worked. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I've been all over the board. Yeah. Um, wow. So, I mean, natural rivals. Do you have a natural rival? Oh, Vancouver. Yet? Vancouver. Uh, I mean, I guess Eugene will probably become one pretty quick. For, yeah, absolutely. I mean, Vancouver, the first season, because things were, we were just coming out of COVID. Our region wasn't very big. And I think we played them 14 of our 24 games year one. And, uh, so, I mean, we're, I think they've only beat us like four times over the last two years, and we've played them over 20 times. So I like our chances against them. <laughs> but <laughs> um, it'll be interesting. I know uh, Eugene has a lot of talent up there, and their ownership group is doing things the right way. So I'm excited to see what kind of product they put on the floor. So you guys got the same coaching staff for the most part? Or yeah. You guys, so you guys Kevin Johnson movement? Jr. will come in, and he'll be our head coach. And then Mike McShane, who – was a local legend out here back in the day, won a state championship, went on to play at U of O and then played overseas. He's now back as the, he's actually coaching the McNary varsity girls right now. And then he'll step on as our lead assistant. And then Bo Rinker, who started out as our team manager and then worked his way up is now going to come on as our second assistant. And then he's also going to be our scout guy that's going to clip film and make sure these guys know who they're playing against. So Nice. Yeah. I've got so many questions about basketball and how you're going to be doing <laughs> the league and all that kind of stuff because we're going to be directly involved with you guys. Yeah. We're going to be doing 
the concession stand as well as collaborating with some other things, yep. which is probably wondering why you guys like. So the San EM guys are here, but, you know, here you are talking about basketball, and I look across the table and I'm thinking, I don't see us being a four-on-four basketball squad right here. <laughs> I don't even see us being two-on-two. Two. Uh, <laughs> you know, or maybe you two against us two. But, I see yeah. six, six pom-poms and one basketball player. <laughs> right now. That's kind of how I look around the board here. But we got the San Diego guys in here because they're actually uh, partnering up with um, Jason at the basketball, um, in the basketball, and explain how they're doing that, Jason. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, actually, no, you've talked enough, really. Yeah. I mean, when you think about it, you probably <laughs> yeah. have enough screen time already, but maybe Jim or Ian can enlighten yeah, on I how can, we're... I can talk a little bit about that. Um, so uh, it started with Mike just reaching out to me um, about, hey, I've got an idea. Begging. Um, I've been talking begging. With, I've been <laughs> scheming with Jason on... You know, something we can do to um, put together a product that'd be special for the Capitals and uh, something we can sell at Obmos and perhaps something you guys could sell at your place. And um, so we got to, and we've partnered with Obmos before doing uh, canned beer. And so um, that's the genesis. We sat down and met and talked about some ideas. And out of that came um, three products that we're going to produce and uh, put into cans and have available at the uh, basketball games um, as well as at Obmo's Pizza. And uh, that's going to be a Northwest-style IPA, um, uh, the lime lager that we've done with Obmo's in the past, and um, a dry apple cider that we've just ourselves have been getting into in the last few years. And uh, we're excited. we're not just a brewery. I know. Yes. We're also a winery because you need a winery license to make cider. Mm-hmm. So you guys had to expand okay. your license then? Yeah, 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 because, you know, cider is really a fruit wine. So, uh, yeah. Huh. I don't think I realized that. Yeah. Yep. That's awesome. Yeah. It's Different. A, it's and a, you guys have had good success with that out yeah, of the Yeah, it's been very popular. We've got uh, two. We don't do a lot. We only have a, we, we have a small number of tanks for cider, and we have to, for federal tax reasons, we have to keep them separate from the brewery tanks. So when they're empty, we can't brew beer in them. And when the beer fermenters are empty, we can't put cider in them. So we have to have separate. We just have two small 10-barrel uh, fermenters. You guys have become like a Swiss army knife. Yeah. I swear to God you guys do everything. <laughs> the bad space that you guys have, <laughs> yeah, it's an event great? area that they do concerts and comedy and a bunch of other stuff with. I'm going to ask questions about that. But yeah. you guys have done so many different things, but you do them so well. And so you, you execute things. It's so impressive how you guys do what you do. And um, we get bored easily. So we, <laughs> move <on laughs> we, get, we move on to another another project. Hey, let's build a nightclub. Yeah, yeah that'll be fun. <laughs> what, what could go wrong? <laughs> so what do they do? I mean, Jim, you look over and Ian's standing there looking at the wall, and you're like, oh, crap, what are we doing now? Uh, some, I mean, it's funny because the ideas, they, they come from different places. Um, but usually what happens is whoever comes up with the idea, Ian has a tendency to latch on to things and then just start, like, picking away at it and getting into the details and finding out if we can make it work. And then once he has an idea, okay, I think I can make this work. He'll come back and say, this is what I think we can do. And we start fleshing it out as a team. But he generally, no matter who comes up with the initial idea, he's usually the one that grasps onto it and gives it energy. And then we start to to say that's a similarity we have in our company because we really lean on the folks in our company yep. to uh, that's how we came up with the vegan product mm-hmm. you know miranda out of the south salem location the uh phone tech out there can you say hey mike um you, do you have a minute 
Mm-hmm. And then next thing you know, we have you know a nice variety of vegan products. I think eighty five percent of our our you know our, our company is considered can be considered gluten free or vegan. You know, so it, it's funny how those kinds of pieces come out of just the woodwork. But um, it's neat that you guys are open minded enough to take a look at it. Like you say, you know, Ian, you dive into it and say, okay, is this feasible? Can this work? Mm-hmm. But yeah, but still, I mean, to do that, I mean, the mm-hmm. bad space is pretty cool. You've been, you've been to the bad I've space. I've been to the bad space. Yes. Oh my god! And aren't we trying to? Aren't you trying to put something together? Well, in the bad I'm space? sure. I'm sure we're going to have a lot of events there in the near future. Yeah. You're auctioning off cheerleaders or something? Well, well we don't have cheerleaders <laughs> yet. I mean, now I have three, according to you guys. But... <laughs> I don't think anyone's going to want to pay money for them, though. <laughs> yeah, I know you're going to be in the in the hole. Well, it has lots of. Uh... It has lots of avenues that it works with. We we run uh, we run trivia there on a Wednesday night. We have private parties there where people book it for the evening and do their own thing. And we have all the infrastructure for music. Uh, it's called the Bad Space because there are uh, some very effective sound absorbing panels in there, so you can run music in a warehouse without sounding echoey and boomy. Because uh, we put these uh, sound absorbers. They're called. Uh, they, they've got holes in them in a certain pattern. And they're full of uh, sound-absorbing uh, rock wool, and it deadens the tune to certain frequencies. And they're called binary amplitude diffusion panels or bad panels. So, yeah. we're like, well, what do we call this place? Well, you know, bad sounds pretty bad. Let's just call it the bad space. And so, I didn't know that. And I wondered yeah. about that. You kind of explained it to me before that I didn't actually mm. put those two pieces together. Yeah. yeah. You really yeah. got to hold my hand, Ian, when it comes to explaining <laughs> stuff. So I mean, got, it takes a couple of swings. Talk, talk to my wife; she knows. It yeah. takes a couple of swings at the fence before. Yeah, so we get we we put live music in there. We've got some live music coming up uh, earlier this year. We've got comedy. We've got a comedy show on the twelfth. Uh, so different. Uh, yeah, Jeremiah Coughlin's coming down from Portland. He's a really funny guy. Um, and then we've got a um, he's got a couple of uh, featured guests coming. One from Eugene, um, and a couple local guys and. Yeah, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a great show. Do you have anybody that you guys are at some point gonna target that you guys are like? I really want to have this person or this um, band or this. We had Carl Canadian. He's yeah. a pretty big nationwide act. He's yeah, a, it was good. Yeah, yeah. He yeah, did t- did two, two shows. Yeah, and uh, you know back to back shows. And the interesting thing is, he gave us two totally different hours. Like it was it was just it was great. Um, you know, sometimes if you get the same guy in. You know, a few nights in a row, you're going to hear the same set. But yeah, they got the same set. Yeah. No, he gave two totally different sets. It was it was pretty amazing, actually. It was a great show, packed place. Um, and it, well, what we're finding is our best opportunity for picking up someone that's maybe a little above our weight, so to speak, is um, just paying attention to their touring schedules. And we see they they're going to be in you know San Francisco one night, and then in Portland. A few nights later, it's like, hmm, would you like to stop somewhere in between, you know, and try and snag them. Um, at that point, we've been able to do that a couple of times. That's cool. It's got, it's fun, though. I mean, that's the kind of stuff I love about doing anything. I mean, I'm working with Jason, working with you guys for our company has been fun because it just it adds a new level to what we do. And it's just, you know, it's grinding out the same stuff for me. It's just it's just it's monotonous. 25 yeah. years. We're coming up a 25-year anniversary. <laughs> and, uh, you know, but like, you know, we do our own hot sauce. We, you know, we love the fact that you guys brew beer for us. And mm-hmm. it, we've been able to tie it to charities and just different little things like that. We get a network out there. It's just a blast. Yeah, so. we should mention that uh, along with the Capitals and Sandy Am and Obmos, the other partner in all this has been kicking cancer mm-hmm. and trying to, you know, bring awareness and a little funds to them as well. So, yeah, it's been a... Yeah, we've got uh, kicking cancer on all of our cans, and we're actually going to be one of the beers that we're doing at the Salem Capitals basketball is 
going to be uh, shoot the J for, for J, J IPA. Yep. Yeah, a gentleman has been has struggled with um, it's prostate cancer, I believe. It's, yeah, it's he passed away from cancer. prostate oh, cancer. Oh, that was a gentleman that just passed away. He just passed away. Yeah. Oh, that's that's so terrible. actually Baron. Um, had sent me a message that he had sent to the gentleman's wife and she was very appreciative that the, you know, we're doing the beer and all the things. So it's, it's uh cool that we get to be a part of that and then, you know, get to honor him through that. That'll be good. Yeah. I I know that uh, he was able to take his motorcycle across the country mm-hmm. and that was his bucket list thing was to be able to ride his motorcycle across the country and kicking cancer actually helped provide some of the opportunity for him to do that. Oh, so, fantastic. so it's yeah. kind of neat how a lot of those things just kind of interconnect. And, and like, I think that's what's cool about working in the community, you know, mm-hmm. and having people that are open-minded enough, you know, to do that. And it's not as easy as it would sound. You'd think that every business out there would just love to network and communicate and connect. And to put stuff together is kind of difficult. You guys have done some different things. You guys did a collaboration with the JFK, the band, mm-hmm. which I thought was really cool. What are some of the other collaborations you guys have done? We worked with uh, Capital FC uh, yep. Soccer mm-hmm. or Football yep. uh, Club, and uh, we uh, sponsor them. And uh, well, we've, yeah, so, uh, we've done, uh, we just did a collaboration with Wild Eye, which is another uh, kind of popular local band, and um, just did a second batch uh, for them that uh, was just released. They've got a New Year's Eve show coming up uh, on Sunday at uh, the Grand Theater. Nice. Um, we've done... We um, work with Meow Village. Yes. We have Meow Village in at least once a month. They bring kittens that are in need of adopting. And, <laughs> Love that. And, you know, we call it we call it kittens and beer. And every time we bring kittens in, the place is packed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I bet. And then people pay a donation to snuggle, snuggle the kittens for five minutes. And, How cool. Yeah. Yeah, and then you know, for every beer we sell, we donate a, a portion to them, and uh, so. we can That's do the same thing with basketball players. You pay five dollars or what? You donation, snuggle, snuggle you get to snuggle a basketball, basketball player, player for five minutes. <laughs> Snug, snuggle the knees. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We have some yeah. short guys. Yeah, yeah wait, we do say we have some short guys. <laughs> I would like to know what you consider short. Well, so we actually do have. I feel like an oompa loompa uh, right now. That's what I feel like. Uh, so one of our guys, Maddie, he came on and he was one of those guys I looked at and I was like, hey, man, I'm not sure if this is going to be your thing. He's like, no, I'd like to try out anyways. And actually, he was the youngest guy hardest worker and he earned himself a practice player spot so and then we had those times where we had guys get hurt and he got put onto the game roster and actually got to get into games and he's five foot four on a good day so hey, i'm five foot there's four on an average day yeah so <laughs> bad day uh, good day yeah he's uh um, just that's awesome strong athletic smart and yeah he definitely worked his way into that you know He's honoring us small guys right now. Keep hey, going. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but then we also have Kyler Kelly, who's seven one, and then signed a ten day contract with the Celtics, and then is now with their G League team. So I'm hoping he comes back this next season. Awesome. So yeah. now, how long have you guys been in business, Sanium? We are in our twelfth year of business, okay. which uh, will end up on July seventh is our anniversary party, um, our oh, anniversary nice. every year. Um, I guess we haven't really. I don't know what the date of our anniversary party is yet this year because it's always a Saturday closest to um, yeah. our, our actual anniversary. But, um, but yeah, so our um, food has arrived. Oh, all right. So I hope you guys came a little bit hungry. Always. Bentley, are you going to serve that up for us? You want to eat our microphone? Well, no, we'll eat no, it in the bowl while we No, talk we would it. never want to do that, Bentley. Yeah, we're just going to eat. On the... <laughs> we'll take a short break, apparently. 
<laughs> and then we'll eat some. After these messages. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. All right. Yeah, so Mike brought us some fantastic spicy pizza and didn't eat any. What's going on there, Mike? No. Oh, oh. Already under fire. Yeah, no pun intended. Um, no, it was for you guys. I didn't want to eat all the pizza for you guys. Yeah, but no, I'm not a spice person. I, I should, I'm not a heat person. We talked about this out there. Is uh, You guys get that, what did you say, an elevated, you know, your palate, Culinary your, all that stuff hit. gets elevated, yeah, where buzz. mine is just... Yeah. Smothered and you know, it's terrible. <laughs> terrible buzz. Yeah, <laughs> but I'm the guy that gets stuck with cilantro tastes like dish soap. You know, oh, I'm yeah. that guy, and I love being Mexican food. And I always have to ask for no cilantro, and it, you always get that look like, oh, you're that guy. Like, yeah, yeah can I just get my Star burrito and you know no cilantro on it please like the green goes back yeah. <laughs> yes it's not fair you know because i i i don't know so i think i love to cook but i don't have the palate either and mm-hmm. so it's like textures and structure and it's all of those things that people do with their food that you know i enjoy the that aspect but i couldn't sit and go oh you know what it needs a little bit more of this or it's missing this spice mm-hmm. i you yeah, know. it's funny because Jim and I both love to cook. Yeah, and we both cook a lot at home, and um, it's um, it, it it sort of ties in with brewing because when you make beer, you're combining the flavors of different roasted malts in the proportions that give you um, what you want. And you'd asked us while we were eating, do we have beers that um, uh, uh, like we miss with, we make a beer and it's not popular. <clears throat> and I was thinking of an interesting answer to that while we were eating, which I thought I'd save till we got back in here. But there are there are beers that we make where um, the people that like to have a beer with dinner, but they're not really into beer, they might try this beer and not like it. Like we might do a beer that's make, made with grains that have been smoked over beechwood. And uh, we, we use a German name for that, which is uh, Rauchbeer. Rauch is the uh, German for smoke, so it's a smoked beer. We make a beer like that, and it's not very popular with the um, the regular, you know, restaurant customer that comes in. They want, you know, some pie and chips or fish and chips or a burger, and they're not really that into it. They'll try it and say, no, it's not my thing. But then we have what... We kind of think of as the beer aficionados, the people that are really into beer, and they will travel across the state to try a particular beer from a particular brewery that they've heard about. And that kind of beer might be very popular with with that kind of clientele. And we tend to know up front what kind of clientele a beer that we're looking to make will be a, a hit for. <clears throat> and we've got an idea over the years of how many people that is in proportion to our overall customer base so we adjust the amount that we make uh you know based on that it allows us to have a, a wide repertoire that will of a product that will appeal to different people but at the same time not have so much of a particular beer that mm-hmm. it takes too long to sell it it goes past its prime yeah and that's it's the importance at least for me is that um it's still allowing us to do things that we like to do mm-hmm. um because obviously there is a component of this that it has to work financially to do, and we're, we've got employees that you know we need to make sure get paid, and um, mm-hmm. you know we've got obligations that we need to meet. Um, but there's an element of this that that we 
it's not just running a business. We actually really enjoy making beer. We enjoy putting these things together and knowing that we can put, you know, some of those controls on it and still get it out there and still be proud of it. And that's nice. It it, it gives us a little bit of freedom. That I, I what really is the enjoy. smallest batch you guys can do then? 12 hectoliters. Well, I mean, we could make a short batch and make it even less, but... Some really point, about no five. Point. I mean, five or six hectares. Yeah, that'll, is, that'll reach the temperature probe in the t- Yeah, it'll reach the temperature tank. probe and it'll reach the carb stone. So, um, and that's the, to give you a sense. That's uh, about um, eight to ten full kegs, basically. Okay. Yeah, I was going to ask you that because yeah. I don't. When you guys are talking about that, and you start talking about the components of the of the where, how you're brewing it and stuff. You're like, yeah. oh, it's got to meet to this. Got to be that. You lost me completely. I was well, like, we um, we lose. We tend to lose. A f- we we do everything metric in the brewery. Um, okay. And and we find that most industries do the same. They use metric everything in production right up until it gets to the can or it gets to the you know the consumer level, and mm-hmm. then it tends to go back to some kind of imperial unit of some kind. So but four hundred year old yeah. system. <laughs> <laughs> but 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 in production it's really important because it's base ten math. So I can scale very easily when I know, you know, uh you know because the, the, Jim can count to ten. Yes, I can count to ten. <laughs> I can multiply by ten. Um, so yeah, it, it's it's it, it's helpful from a production standpoint to be able to scale that way. Um, but from the consumer standpoint everything's, you know, 12 ounce can or the only scene, the only thing that seemed to get through was two liter bottles of soda for some reason. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the only like metric thing in the consumer. I sell a couple of those. There. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we sell a couple of those, but we have some similarities there too, because yeah. we've always kind of stayed away from the fringe, you know, because mm-hmm. um, like I, I love linguisa. That mm-hmm. is my favorite topping. I love linguisa. It's like a Portuguese sausage, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah. But it's not. It's on the fringe. You do. It's just such a powerful flavor. It doesn't really blend with anything. It doesn't go with anything. It's like linguisa. You can put different things into it, but you don't. You just taste linguisa. Shrimp is another one for us, where it's kind of one of those items. I, I mean, you can make a good shrimp pizza, but it's it's more of a novelty, mm-hmm. and so it's hard to keep it because, well, of course, shrimp is a little bit more volatile and things like that. But you have to have products you can kind of at least go through so you're not – I mean, in your sense, when if the beer goes past its date where the freshness and all that stuff, um, the quality starts going down. Yeah. Um, it's kind of for us, it's like can we get it – like when we did ribs, we at first we'd freeze half of our ribs because we have to go from thawed because they would cook better. Yeah. And so then you have to kind of slowly start with 25% unthawed, you know, thawed, and then 50%. And hopefully you get to the point where it's just the usage is there to where you can actually, the efficiency and, and prepping fresh, and all that yeah. stuff isn't such a hassle. Um, and it's just making it, that's our first step. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just trying to make it to where you go through that. And so, you know, eight kegs is, um, I mean, do you, I guess when you do something special, do you kind of, kind of pre-do it in a way where you go out there and say, hey, we're going to be making this batch. Can you place a keg here? Can you place a keg there? Or do you just... It almost always comes from a place of, that sounds interesting. I want to try that. It's something that we want to do almost always first. Um, Not, hey, there's this big market push for something. Um, So how do you feel about doing the governor's... (laughs) We had this conversation. I'm bringing up old... We've actually had quite a bit of... uh, feedback on that this year because we yeah. didn't do a batch this year yeah and there's a number of people that are missing it so. we were actually trying to come up when we were game planning for the beers that we were going to use with the capitals is kind of game planning what we'd want to have in there and what we could do and we've stayed away from those because you know in the pizza industry there's a small window for stouts 
mm-hmm. um, because we don't have people that come in that want to sample and try and get a pint. People usually buy the stuff they're already very familiar with, and so we are on the lower end of the scale of as far as uh, craft goes, and we have to try to get 18 to 19 to 20-year-olds to explain how why they should have this beer instead yep. of that beer because it's it's the flavorful, all that kind of stuff. You just well, don't get that. Not, not to forget also that it's a 12% stout. So it's like, <laughs> well, you know, I know it's like drinking a pint of wine, you know, <laughs> alcohol strength-wise. I'm, I'm a little biased in this because that's the, that's the kind of beer I really enjoy. Yeah. <laughs> we tried to do that, but then we, you know, when it came to the 12%, what was tough is mm-hmm. when you're taking it to the basketball and you're like, okay, how many of these are we going to be able to serve? And so we were really looking at the usage on, you know, our commitment level for that. And so we decided this year we would go with three we knew we'd, we wouldn't have any difficulty with at all on that for that. And then um, and then maybe next year we'll see how it goes. But, man, that is just such a good – you guys actually brew very good beer. So I, um, I'm so glad you guys work with us. Um, but uh, I don't know. So now we're going to talk basketball. Yeah. Let's talk basketball. So tell us, give us some some things. When's the first game? When's the second game? So, so we, we get people out there. Like I said earlier, just got through our open tryouts. We'll have one more tryout. And then training camp starts when I get back from Indianapolis after the combine. We'll go through two weeks of training camp. And then something fun we do with training camp is we let those guys play in a live game. So we'll bring in you guys for concessions. We'll bring in alcohol. We'll bring in all the you know, halftime show and all the things. So these guys all get to experience what the game is like. And at that point, <clears throat> we know if they can play or not, but we want to see how they handle themselves under pressure. And if they have a bad game, how do they respond? If they have a good game, how do they respond? So that's our opportunity to uh, see what they're really made of. And, and that, that game will be, that, that's the black versus blue. Yeah. That's the black versus blue game. So that'll be February 18th. And we'll go into it with, between 18 and 16 guys and once that game's over we whittle it down to 12 so like i said it's a pretty cutthroat thing and uh so that doesn't when you whittle it down to 12 and they know they're on that 12 man roster mm-hmm. um that doesn't give you guys a lot of time to gel i mean it, it kind of does the 25 but right you have a lot of players going in and out in and out correct and out. um so you have basically just a couple weeks Right, yeah. To put it together. Mm-hmm. And I, something I'm very big on that I've learned over the years, I, you know, I played in nine different countries professionally, and I can say the teams that I was on where we had chemistry on and off the court, we excelled on the court. Um, so for me, it's really big to make sure all these guys are doing things together off the court as well. So we'll do team functions. We'll try to set up community events where they all get to be involved at the same time. And then also in that regard, like being in the community, I, when I played overseas, it was like, hey, go read to a kid in a classroom. And that's not something I really enjoyed very much. So something we do through basically what their interview process is, is we find out what things they like to do. What are your hobbies? What are things you enjoy doing? And then that's the stuff we'll have them go do in the community. And it just makes it a lot more enjoyable for them, for the kids and, you know, or grownups that are around them. And it's a... For them, a unique opportunity because not a lot of teams will do it this way. No, I think that's really smart. You know, I way back in the day, I helped uh, some church groups and things like that when they were doing auctions. You know, they used to auction off kids for like chores and things like that. Back in the day, they used to do that to raise money for the churches. And the kids were always terrified because, oh, my gosh, what am I going to get roped into? Mm -hmm. And then the people that were, like, you know, basically voting or, or, you know, auctioning off these children would be like, what's this kid really going to do? Is he going to sit there and just, you know, not want to do anything and whatever? 
So we had the kids write down in the yeah. similar format, like what you'd be willing to do it to help right. out. Mm-hmm. And it took all the pressure off of all that. So I, I imagine that, yeah, I mean, you already have kind of an idea of what everybody likes. Yep. Um, you know, you can kind of mix and match. But, I mean, it's still got to be pretty difficult to do that. Yeah, for sure. And, it, I mean, it's a very diverse spectrum of what guys like to do. I can say that 99% of basketball players like to play video games. So that was my guess. I'm, I'm the 1% that's not in that, but you know, so we're setting up a video game tournament. We're going to work with the rec and try to set something up at the rec where we bring a bunch of kids in and then all the players and they're going to play 2k or they're going to do something where all these kids get to go in and battle against the guys in video games. Well, my kid, uh, uh, Ian, mm-hmm. uh, who works up at Lancaster, you guys want to say hi, he's the cute blonde kid with the beard and all that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but he actually works with a, a community group where they do gaming for kids. Okay. And so he actually is already kind of in a nucleus where they have like two or 300 kids that go to these different things through yeah. the school district to, um, you know, to kind of help them socialize and things like that. Yeah, so absolutely. I might have to, have to connect with them. Does that become part of the criteria when you're trying to figure out, um, you know, who am I going to cut and who am I going to keep? Is it, you know, is this person, they may not be the strongest skill set, but they've got the social gel to hold people together or lead them in some way. Yeah, so I'll say the first two years, I was willing to cut someone that was better, that was a better basketball player, but not wanting to be involved in the community. Because that's our whole thing. Like our hashtag is community culture. And I know over the years, what has worked and what hasn't worked from a player's standpoint. So making sure that these guys are community focused, because you got, I mean, without the community, we don't have Salem Capitals. So we, that we always preach that, like, I'm not Salem Capitals. The players aren't Salem Capitals. The coaches aren't Salem Capitals. The fans aren't Salem Capitals, but us as a collective, it's like a watch. If one gear isn't working, then the rest of it isn't going to work. And so we try to promote it that way like hey you guys are you guys have this opportunity to come in and make a difference in someone's life so being a team player <clears throat> being a team player is uh can be more important than being uh, the best basketball player absolutely yeah. and kind yeah, of like I'm, ringo Starr and pete best yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> and uh i mean i don't know if any of you have seen ted lasso yes um so we're gonna have i mean a big european Soccer influence this season. Season two of Ted Lasso is, you know, really big on mental health from a player standpoint. And I'm fortunate enough that I've had my own mental health journey. And now I'm actually the mental health liaison for the entire league. Um, So making sure that we can promote mental health awareness and make sure that guys are doing things they need to on and off the court to keep themselves, you know, up to par and stay healthy and all the things. Because you know, at the end of the day, you can average a double-double, have one bad game, and get sent home the next day. That's mm-hmm. how this industry works. And so making sure guys are staying confident and that they aren't – that they're more so worried about how well they're going to play and not the opposite because we mm-hmm. want them to make sure that, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot of mind games and it's not for the faint of heart. And you got to, you know, be – on top of it as far as what you're doing to keep yourself healthy mentally. You know, there's a similarity that, you know, we have like with employees and things, but it's so different though, because you've got such a short season, everybody's mm-hmm. coming from so many different places. Yep. They're going to be here for a short stint and then they're going to be going back, mm-hmm. you know? So it's like seasonal help in a way. Right. Um, I think something, you know, that we are great with is our 
player interactions and making sure our players are taken care of. And something crazy is that all the players that lived out of town last season, oh, you know, in the off season, all moved to Salem. And they know that there's a chance they might not make the team this next year, but all of them, literally every single one of them that did not live in town have now moved and live in Salem. Mm. So, I mean, that also speaks on the community, on what type of community we have, that they'd be willing to uproot and move out here and become part of this community and ingrain themselves. And so it's... Well, I've already met one player, and I'm already in love with him. Yes. So, uh, and that's Dominic Lawrence. And he is an amazing individual. I mean, he is absolutely an amazing individual. And he came by, and we made pizza and chatted for a little bit. Mm-hmm. But, but he is... Um, I'll let you kind of talk about some of the things he's done in the community, but yeah. it's actually pretty cool. But... Um, but we're hoping to kind of make him an ambassador for our company as yeah. well. And one of the things that we were hoping to put together was to have players come down to each location, sign autographs, mm-hmm. you know, so we have all the people coming in like on Friday night, having them sign basketballs and giving them a schedule yeah. and, you know, so they can kind of touch the different community that way as well, mm-hmm. you know, to get out there and then they get to make their own pizzas and do all their fun stuff, you know? Um, but Dominic Lawrence is uh he's got kind of a unique twist to him. He's been in the league now what three years. This will be his third season, yeah. And uh but go ahead and tell a little bit about Dominic. And yeah, so uh we call him Domo, not Domo. A lot of people get confused. We call him Domo. <laughs> and um I originally got an email from him not wanting to play, but wanting to help with the youth side of things. And I had no idea what he looked like, so I Met him. We grabbed lunch, and here's this dude that's six five and super athletic looking. I'm like, "Do you still play basketball, or what's the game?" He's, "Oh no, I don't." I was like, "Well, I really think you should try out." And um, so he came to tryouts and made the team season one. And something that the league does is there's the Spirit of the Game Award, and that's actually how I got involved with this whole thing. Is I played in this league in its first year in existence when there was only ten teams. And I won the spirit of the game, which is who is most involved in their community. And so here we are with 50 plus teams and Damo comes in his very first season and wins this award. Uh, he, it, it's kind of special what he can do. He'll, we'll go to away games and he'll have kids lined up by the end of the game, wanting his autograph that he just met before the game. <laughs> and He'll introduce himself and he'll say, my name's Damo Lawrence and I am a Pokemon master and a professional (laughs) basketball player. And he takes it very seriously. And, you know, there's this, I don't even know how to explain it. Like this light that comes out of Damo that people just gravitate towards. And after every game, he'll bring stacks of Pokemon cards and those will be his, I'm going to put my signature on a Pokemon card and give that to you. And that's how I want you to remember me. Mm -hmm. And he does this without anything, without any expectation of anything in return. And he'll go out to the schools and all the things and just ingrain himself as much as he can in the community. Um, And actually I just brought him on and he's now not a player for us, but well, he's a player for us, but as well as our new community engagement director. Um, So he's definitely, earned everything he's gotten and I'm super excited to see what he comes up with. Cause now I kind of, the ball's in his hands and mm-hmm. he gets to do with it, whatever he wants. So I'm yeah. excited. Well, whenever we get, we got to put that card together. Yes. Yeah. So Damo yeah. for winning that award, we made him into a giant Pokemon card <laughs> and uh, yeah. So it has like all his stats and it's set up like an actual has he Pokemon seen it card. Yeah. So okay. we actually yeah. presented it to him last year okay. um, at our first game. Cause he had won that award the previous season. Okay. 
Uh, so we're definitely big on making sure we recognize people. Yeah, we're trying to sponsor it so we can be on the. You know how you have the Pokemon on the back of the card? Yeah. We're going to put our logo and then put a Pokeball as mm-hmm. a center logo instead of our baseball that we have. So it'll be the Oddmo's logo with a Pokeball in the middle mm-hmm. of it with a pizza coming out of it. And uh, so we're looking to do that. But um, Jason redesigned our logo for the Salem Capitals as well, which has got a basketball instead of a baseball, too. So. It's kind of fun to be able to play around. Just seem more fitting, you know? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't make a lot of sense with the baseball in there, but I don't know. So pretty cool stuff. Um, And so it starts... If the 18th, can people go to that? Yeah, or not? so that we're going to set that up like an actual game. Um, I emcee the game, so this is the one time I get on the microphone and tell the fans to heckle our home team, and they definitely have a ball with it. And uh, so, yeah, the 18th is our first like preview, soft opening type situation. And then the season starts March 1st, and then our first home game is March 15th. So, we're definitely trying to. Uh, okay, so pack basically, the house. when we do this concession stand, the 18th is going to be our. Learning process. Yes, that'll definitely be the learning process. we have from the 18th to 15th to fix everything. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. Excellent. There's high expectations for you guys, though. I think you you guys are going to be all right. I usually like to come. Yeah. I'll give you the whole rundown. Yeah. Our our very first game we had, I won't say the company, but we had a company that was going to bring in 10 volunteers, and they were going to help us with parking, ticketing, and will call. So everything we needed to get people through the door. And they no-showed. Oh! Um, So I was literally grabbing players' girlfriends and moms and just anyone that was willing to help out. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I think from the fans' perspective, everything was fine. And that was our biggest game. We had 1,800 people that night. And, um, you know, so after that game, we all sat there. And I was running from spot to spot. I... At my phone tracks how much I walk, and I did 10 miles just in the span of that game, going back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And um, so we've been able to fine-tune it, and now we have it down to a science, and so I'll make sure, Thank you're, God, I'll like, make sure you're set up for success. Mile number two, I'd probably need yeah. medics. You're <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, uh, do we have one of those uh, units you can pull off the wall and get this guy's heart going again? You need some oxygen. <laughs> he's, uh, he's not doing so good. <laughs> It's uh, looking pretty rough. But yeah, we we have it down to a science now, and we're excited to kind of uh, evolve everything and make it bigger and better and some of the halftime performances. and Well, actually, every halftime, kids come on the floor and dance. That won't change. But our between timeouts and our between quarter games, we'll definitely uh, be upgrading those a little bit, so it'll be fun. Nice. You're not going to have the guy at halftime that builds chairs on top of chairs on top of chairs no. and ends up like 27 feet in the air. Uh, no, I don't want anything to fall on <laughs> My anxiety fall on can't floor. handle that. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> they got some of these ridiculous things. That well, I've I now have three now. new cheerleaders to do a halftime performance oh, is what yeah, I heard yeah, in the well, beginning of this. So, yep. <laughs> Wow. Wow. I think I stepped into something. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I will now, say that. Now people are going to expect it. So, oh, no. Don't worry. No. We'll come up with a cute outfit for no, you. No, all you got to do is <laughs> Bentley's going to take a picture of the group here that's on the microphone today, and you look at that picture, and you will know that would not be the highlight. <laughs> You're yeah, like, you we, know what? You'll know that I can go to the bathroom at that point, or I can go get concessions. Faces uh, faces made for podcasts. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Very much so. But no, I'm really excited, too, because it gives us an opportunity. We're going to be doing three different Sandy products that. 
um, we'll be able to do at the stores as well as yep. you have some folks out there that are going to help us maybe with some usage. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, I think that you're connecting with in the community. And so yep. I think it's going to be fun all the way around, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I look forward to for us. This is our first year doing this, mm-hmm. you know, and so I have a lot to learn still, but it'll be neat to get through this year, see how it all works, yep. you know, and uh, and then next year we'll have something fun to, to look forward to. And yeah. and we're gonna we're gonna commit I think at this point to having the governor's reserve mm-hmm. at next year um, at some point because I've been told that maybe, we could do a smaller we batch. For, we should, maybe we should go for an eight ounce can. <laughs> it'll it'll have to be because you know we we don't want people to be one and done buying beers at the game. So it'll have to be the hey at the fourth quarter we're gonna sell this for yeah. about ten yeah. minutes is yeah. gonna be your window and then it'll become like this hot commodity that people are like oh we're, I gotta gonna, make sure I get it. We're gonna look in the eight look at the eight ounce cans for yes. that thing. So. <laughs> <laughs> nice, <laughs> nice. Well, I was gonna say I mean you're three years into this, so yeah. your fourth year then. No, this this, this will be season number three. Yep. All right, you guys have been doing the beer thing for twelve years. I've been doing it for twenty five. They so all know how to get a hold of us. Yeah. Um, but we're um, you're selling season tickets now. Yeah. And so we will have on the podcast at the end. We'll we'll let everybody know the information. You know, we'll let you know we'll let everybody know where San Diego is and stuff. I'm sure everybody knows where you're at already. Um, but also how to get a tickets or how to get some information. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to have posters and stuff up. Um, I think I think you guys are going to have a poster up yes, at San We're going to take, take a few posters and put yep. them up in our And then we're going to have so. posters at Odd Mo's as well. And so that'll be the place we can get all that stuff. And Bentley will make sure that uh, all the information will be in. So. Yeah, well, for, for us, um, season tickets, you go to www.salemcapitalsbasketball.com. And you can go on there, you can see rosters from past seasons, but then you just click on tickets and we basically have it set up like a movie theater where you go in and pick your actual seats and you can either do season tickets that way or if you want to go a per game basis, then you can uh, go in and set it up the same way. So you get to pick whatever seats you want. It's not like you just buy a generic ticket and sit somewhere. When I went in there, I didn't know what to expect. Yeah. You know, I've been to the, you know, armory for a variety of different things, you know, but you guys have it really set up well. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I was talking about, you know, like you go into certain places, it's like, damn, this is done really well. Um, you guys did a great job because the court runs down kind of the middle of it. Right. And you have the stage, and that's where the ox box is. Yeah. That's where you guys are going to be 21 year old, older. Yep. So you have kind of an elevated place right there. So you feel like you're in like one of those special suites yeah, absolutely. and stuff up there, which is really cool. Then you have the court, but then you have a uh, courtside seating, mm-hmm. which is like right off of the court, which yep. is really cool to have that. So, you know, it's like a real intimate setting for, you know, all you're going to hear is the sneakers. Right. You know, but, um, and then the seating that you have in there, there's no bad seat. No, I, I think that's one of I the, mean, you're like in the, you're like in the 100 level, no matter where you sit in that place. Yeah. There's, like you said, there's not a bad seat in there. And we try to make this very family friendly and cost effective. So youth senior military tickets are $6. General admission is $12. Floor seats are 35 and Oxbox, I believe are 20 and the ox box in my opinion is the best seat in the house because again you're elevated yeah. you're right behind the player benches so we try to make sure the people that drink a little more are behind the guest benches <laughs> and um the dj's up there the bar's up there like everything's happening while the game's going on you get to go up there and you don't even have to have an ox box ticket to go in the ox box you can go up there and grab a beer or a drink and hang out and then if you do want to sit up there we have select seating for those tickets. I think what's cool, uh, what we're going to be adding to the mix this year with mm-hmm. the concessions is 
is if you come in there and, you know, we have our concession list and all that stuff, but we're also going to have the ability to order a pizza and then have it delivered at halftime. So mm-hmm. if um, if you wanted a certain, like a gluten-free, you know, instead of going to where you go to concessions, it's hard to have a wide variety of menu, you know, and to cover all the bases. And so we've got it set up to where people will be able to order at the beginning of the game and then by halftime they can come down to the will call desk or whatever. Yep. Um, and pick up whatever you want to have ordered. And so if you have anything specific you want, you'll still be able to get it for halftime, which means you can kind of skip the line if you want and be able to do it that way. So I think that that kind of opens it up as well. And so hopefully that works. It all sounds great. Oh, I think we're going to have the best <coughs> orchestrated production in the TBL, which is the league we play in. And I, I'm not saying that just because you're sitting next to me. Like I honestly think that, you know, this kind of encompasses what Salem Capitals is. We have a local brewery and a local pizza spot, and you guys are coming in, and you're going to partner with us. And it's not like it's my thing that you guys are part of. This now becomes all of our things that we all get to be a part of. And, um, yeah, I think uh, you know, I don't as think far it'll as, be cool going forward. Yeah, as far as how we have everything set up, I think it's going to be really special this season. So that's good. And now, now it's Sandy M's turn. Uh, yeah, our website is sandyambrewing.com, um, and on it you will find our menu for our, um, for our main restaurant and pub, um, a list of our beers. If you're a wholesale, you'll find a wholesale page for information there, um, and also a list of events that we host um, at the Bad Space, which is Which you can adjacent. also get to at thebadspace.com. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that's, uh, you know, you'll see a, a list of some of the events we have coming up, and it's also, uh, we can get you information on how to rent it if that's something you're interested in. And you're so subtle. You guys <laughs> do such a good job. I'm going to hype you up a little bit more. Right. Because well, I'll, I'll start and I'll say, like, I'm a big beer guy, and going in there and having your guys a sampler and trying all the beers, like, to me, like, I'm kind of picky. Like, there are rainbows not, that are smaller than the really sample. There's not really a bad beer, but on top of that, the food. Like, I could yeah. eat there. Seven days a week and guys, be totally satisfied. Had, what burger did you have? You had, not a buffalo. I had the elk. Was it elk? elk? Yeah, yeah elk I had special. Oh, and it was, yeah. it was, yeah, it was really good. And then yeah. you had this what, scotch, scotch eggs, eggs yeah. which I stole yeah. some of those from him. And those, I mean. I was so full when I went in yeah. that day. I had just got through eating. We had a big presentation and stuff. So I was so full. But I went in there. I'm like, well, I, I got to have the scotch eggs. <laughs> I think our biggest seller is the... Uh, is the fish and chips because we do them. And that's with, what I had the first yeah. time in there. It's so good. It's yeah. a three-quarter pound fillet floured and dipped in beer batter and fried as a whole piece. So, I mean, the thing's yeah. as big as your forearm mm-hmm. yeah. and uh, sits on a bale of uh, chips, which are basically the big uh, British French fries, more like steak fries. So, so that sampler, just because I said it was a, a, there's, there are rainbows that aren't that big, I am not kidding you. It It, it, it is like... <laughs> Stretch the whole table. It stretches the whole table, <laughs> and you just got nothing but beers. It's like I remember when we first went in there, we got the sampler. You looked at it like, "Holy crap!" Yeah, how many people are actually sharing this? I beer? know. Yeah, and, and uh, I'm, so, yeah, I mean, it was 11:30 a.m. when we started this, so <laughs> oh, you were late. Yeah, <laughs> but we were we were just we do everything on East Coast time, so yeah. <laughs> we were good. But, but we, no, have, we have heard it referred to as the rainbow of happiness before. So, yeah, yeah. Oh, um, it's great. But yeah, it's. I mean, it's. Well, it's a barrel stave, and that's it. So it has that natural curve from mm-hmm. 
um, from its structure and, and then uh, no it's done well because we had that and then we also had like a tray of like another four beers behind it so yes. I guess that would be the pot of gold well that's because I wanted you guys to try everything mm-hmm. you know, and so and yeah thank you. I, I'm not remembering we might have to go in and do that again yeah. soon <laughs> I think every just a refresher, you know? you know. Yeah. Well, we we, we typically carry uh, fourteen beers on tap, a um, couple of ciders, a couple of wines, and then one thing we do that's a little different um, than certainly the other breweries around here um, is uh, cask ale, which is a very mm-hmm. traditional way of doing beer, and it's how I think all beer was done prior to the nineteen thirties, because um, there's no artificial carbonation. And uh, does anybody else do that around? I don't know if anybody else that the does any, that stuff. The only place that we know that does it regularly was, uh, um, it's, a, it's a, it used to be called Brewers Union Local One Entity. Yeah, it's, it's now the, the three, crane, yeah, three-legged crane, three-legged crane, and that's yeah. up in Oak Ridge. Um, and I've heard of a place out in Redmond called Porter's that does it as well, um, but not, not that just has it all the time as a regular yeah. staple. I don't know. You guys, like I said, do fantastic. I mean, you guys got the English breakfast yeah. thing. You got... And we've got really... we've got four of those cast condition engines, and they're available pretty much all the time. So they rounds it out to uh, what eighteen beers, two ciders, and two wines that we keep available. So like, good for lunch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we take care of so. Um, yeah, stay till dinner. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, and real and real quick, I got to shout out Chess Club too. So yeah. I'm a big oh, chess yeah. player. Chess Club was. It wasn't there when I first started, but it's it's moved over to your guys' space. Yes. And actually, I met our very first sponsor playing chess against him. Oh, and that was kind of the catalyst that kickstarted this whole thing so for sponsorships. Yeah. Yep. And uh, so if you're a chess player, make sure you find your way out there. Yes. How many chess players you guys got come in every Tuesday? Um, varies. Yeah. yeah, it varies. We've had as many as probably 16 or 20, um, but... Yeah, it varies a little. Do you have to like have like? I mean, do you your level? Do you say like what level are you? What number do you have? No, you're either going to win or you're going to lose. Yeah, (laughs) you you find out pretty quickly. You know who you can win against. I can't win against anybody, so I'm. Oh, good. You could be like me. Exactly. I would be like one of those little tag you put on your. Hello, my name is. I'm not. I'm not a chess player. I'm a backgammon player. So (laughs) we have a backgammon board for that reason. But um, yeah, no. Usually ten to twelve people, and it's it's drop and it's all ages, you know, mm-hmm. just like the Wu Tang. It's for the kids. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. I love to play chess too. I yeah. collect chess boards from different, you know, different situations. You know, like I've been down to Mexico, and I got one from Europe. I got you know yeah. different places and stuff. But I wish my skill level was better. I'm like a two two move deep kind of person as yeah. far as that goes. So <laughs> that's about as deep as it gets. I mean, I know people that really can. You just got to watch out. Queen's Gambit, and you'll. you'll I love that uh-huh. show. That yeah, was a great show, was. but you know, no, I'm not that at all. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you anyone know. is. <laughs> well, that you know, that's. Um, I played Magnuson. Um, I had his on my phone. I'd play him, and mm-hmm. I was able to get up to where I could beat the nine year old Magnus. That's where I got up to, <laughs> and that doesn't sound like a lot, but you know, you're talking about the greatest chess right. player no, in the world sense. for a while. Mm-hmm. So, what level are you at, Ian? Oh, I don't know. I, 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 you seem I like pref- a chess player. I prefer backgammon. I've played it. I beat Jim almost every time. Yes. <laughs> Everybody beats me every time. I think I may have won one, one game but, playing chess. But just, William, yeah. my son, beats me two-thirds of the time. So he's, he's a more Yeah, he's player. quite good. Well, yeah. Sam and I, when we first opened and when we first got to become friends, this is way down in Sacramento, we got to know each other because we'd play chess, you know, and uh, – <coughs> excuse me, but we would – sit out in my backyard, drink iced tea, and play chess. 
And that man beat me like every single time. So I know you f- how you feel. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I said, I don't care. Beat yeah. me. I don't care. I just kept See, trying to get better and better. Right. So when we decided to open a pizza place together, we we would it was slow, of course, when you first open your store, and we'd play chess during the day. And I at this point right now, I can beat him probably maybe seven or eight times out of ten. Mm-hmm. And so I've passed him up a little bit, but it's just because I've got my son now that plays me, and so I've got probably more games that are introduced to me. But I I would love to come down there on Tuesday just kind of see you know what it would be like to be around people that have that same interest mm-hmm. and stuff. So do you guys sit in the back and play backgammon and drink beer and go, hey, guys doing over there? Ain't been anything? Well, we also have a bar billiards table that's in there. You know, it's uh, it's uh, like a billiard game with obstacles on the on the table, mm-hmm. and uh, that's kind of fun. It's very British. Yeah. Yeah. No, he's, yeah. you guys have a very – And darts. Don't forget the darts. Oh, yeah, See, I prefer with games with a little bit of a look component, <laughs> so I don't feel as intellectually <laughs> devastated when I lose. <laughs> I like that. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's usually what it takes for me to even be competitive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like element. I think I've held up these guys long enough from their day. They're all professionals. They get to actually go back and go to work and do all the things that they need to do. Mm-hmm. I think what's funny is you have always said, oh, Mike, thank you. Appreciate the opportunity. But for me to have a, a business that is willing to do what you guys do to help us have something that we feel is a luxury for our company as well as being able to help us work with the capitals and um, the whole kicking cancer element to it. You know, I just, I don't know. I think that uh, to me that's pretty special. Well, I think you touched on a little bit earlier that, you know, this is really, it really is about community. Um, and we have the same tagline in our business, you know, about, um, you know, we, we, we promote real L proper food and community and, it is isn't the one component like you mentioned earlier, Jason. It's it's all that working together because mm-hmm. um, we can't do it without our community, and they can't enjoy us with you know they can't enjoy it without us. So right. it, it is really a symbiotic relationship, and that happens, you know, when we do stuff like this. So we're excited to do stuff like it. Well, good. Well, we'll end on that positive note, and uh, so Bentley, take us out of here. Thanks for listening to the show. Check out the liner notes to see where you can follow us on all of our social medias. Or go to oddmostpizza.com if you're local and want to place an order. We'll be back next time with more shenanigans. This was The Odd Pod.